The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Neo Reality Collective. I am your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Entertainment. And we are here to talk about the fourth episode of Neo Reality Collective. And we're going to try something a little bit different. So, well, the third episode was over three hours long, and I thought that's a little too jarring for people. Oh, but by the time I had edited everything, it was too late to, like, really fix it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to instead do another style well, just to test things out and see how people react to it, where I would split the episodes into two episodes a week, one recorded for Wednesday, released on Thursday, and the other one recorded on Saturday, released on Sunday. Just to, you know, test things out. I'm just trying to test everything out and trying to see if I can get the best vibe gel for this to work. So, we're going to cut right into the news. I have all my articles and stories from Instapaper documented, and let's get right into this. So GameStop has been reported that, so in reports that regarding downloads of games have increased by 47% across Europe in 2020. Mainland Europe has saw a massive jump in not only video game sales in 2020, but also digital downloads of various titles. According to sales tracker GSD, which tracks both physical and digital sales of video games, 123.7 million copies sold were logged in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Benelux, Sorry if I butchered that country name wrong. Sorry. France, Ibria, Nordrix, and Poland alone. A 90% jump when compared to 2019's numbers according to the report via GameIndustry.biz. Of those games sold by tracked publishers, 58.7 million of them were downloaded and accounted for a 47% rise in sales when compared to 2019. Even with lockdown restrictions in place due to the ongoing pandemic, the 65 million box games sold resulted in a 0.8 increase across those markets. I mean, like, the internet exists and delivery systems have to be careful, so, yeah, it kind of should be more expected that was going to happen. But, you know, we're still baffled, right? It's worth noting that those in particular sales numbers don't include Nintendo, Bethesda, CD Projekt Red games, as those publishers did not share digital game sales numbers for GSD. Looking at the top games sold in those markets, football was unsurprisingly the best-selling title as FIFA 21 took the top spot in countries such as Austria, Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Portland, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland. The only exception here was, was in Finland where NH21 reigned supreme. Ah, uh, yes, the EA market gambling. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Europe's going to be pissed. What was the surprise though was Grand Theft Auto V taking the number two spot, and several older titles also landed in the top ten. While digital download data wasn't available, well, Animal Crossing's New Horizons by Nintendo still secured the number three position in GSD's top twenty, which had the knockoff effect of causing fifty-seven percent surge in strategy game sales. As for the actual devices that these games were played on, Nintendo Switch was the uh, best-selling console of the year by a comfortable margin as it outsold the PS4, which took second place at a rate of 3 to 1. According to data taken from Benelux, France, Switzerland, Nordic, Spain, and Italy, there was a 1.9% drop in sales, but 5.59 million consoles were sold in total. Revenue from those devices grew by 12% to 1.7 billion euros. Sony Dual Stock Shock Controller Number Four was was the best-selling accurate accessory, followed by the Switch's Joy-Con controllers in second place. Xbox controllers were both Xbox One and Series X and S, as with 820 million euros in revenue generated. The accessories market saw the 14% rise when compared to 2019. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy, right? 
uh, I heard this and I was thinking to myself, oh God, so no one seems to really buy into the idea that the pandemic would see an increase in digital console sales and video game sense. If we don't have anything to do, we'll probably lose our minds and blow ourselves up. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised when I heard all the sales increasing, but uh, yeah, it was not surprising. Xbox director teases collaboration with Telsa for a war- Halo Warthog, but it's early days. After Elon Musk tweeted his Musk tweeted his love for Halo, the Xbox marketing boss Aaron Greenberg followed up with suggested potential collaboration between Telsa and Halo, saying, "Sure, feels like a Telsa Halo X Halo collab needs to happen at some point." He included hashtags for Telsa's Cybertruck and Halo's iconic Warhog vehicle, and actually Greenberg stressed that this is only an idea at this stage. If you like the idea, speak up, and maybe something in the future could happen. Who knows? You know, because we want to have chain guns on our cars like we're in the military and blow stuff up. Right? Telsa's Cybertruck it was also the subject of a social media campaign for Cyberpunk 2077, with people seeing an obvious opportunity for two brands to collide. However, it hasn't happened yet, if it ever will. With Halo Infinite releasing in fall 2021, we expect Microsoft's marketing machine to kick into full gear over the coming months. But whether or not Telsa and Halo collaboration is part of it remains to be seen. For what's worth, Greenberg also said on the Twitter that if he will make enough noise, Microsoft might release an actual Xbox Series X mini-fridge, but that hasn't happened yet either. Here's to hoping it does. In other news, Telsa just invested $1.5 billion in Bitcoin, leading to a rally in price to bring it to record levels. Damn you, market share! Yeah, so... Would we like to see a Warthog? It'd be kind of awesome, but at the same time, you're like... Um, uh, are you sure we should do that? Are you sure we should do that? Should we really risk Armageddon, essentially, by creating Warhogs? So, yeah, it's still in the early phase of something like that happening, but, you know, it's certainly possible in this day and age. Anything really is. But, yeah... (laughs) In entertainment news, Robert Downey Jr. offers Stephen Colbert a lame part in The Avengers. Here's on the Late Show appearance, guest host, guest star Robbie Downey Jr. pitched and offered host Stephen Colbert a role in The Avengers. Instead of having Colbert step in to replace Downey Jr. as Iron Man, the latter made it clear last year he's done all he could with the character. He's got something much more hilarious and hilarious in mind. I mean, there's an opening, right? Uh... Kobe Smothers, um, I can't pronounce his name, and plays Agent Hill. Well, sometimes Commander Hill, I thought if she needed a weekend assistant, right, Cap Colbert? You have a baseball cap, and when you wear it, you possesses a superpower that no man has. You can multitask, and you need to take care of all her stuff. And he says he would be very grateful. Danny Jr. promises is going to go up to the tree tomorrow. Studios, Kevin Feige. Truth be told, it's not as far-fetched as it seems to result in that role. Years ago, Colbert, an outspoken fan of science fiction and fantasy, had a cameo in Peter Jackson's The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, playing a spy in Lake Town. At the time, in 2013, Vanity Fair published a quick piece on it, which also had said some important photographic proof. Maybe he'll show up in a similar fashion in a future Marvel movie, or is this a super slick tease to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which had recently debuted its trailer at the Super Bowl, oh, which was awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the trailer for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier launched, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. I liked it, and we're going to have to see where that goes. But that's then, that's then in March, and this is now, in February 10th, at the time of this recording. Jurassic World's Bryce Dale- Dallas Howard to voice of the video game with Salem Seth Gabel. Ah, Salem. Bryce Dallas Howard and Seth Gavel from Salem uh, will appear in the upcoming video game Marquee. He, it has been announced the pair will lend their voices to the couple, Kenzen and Michael, who provide players with details and instructions but are never seen. Is it going to be a first-person puzzle game developed by Graceful Decay? Because decaying is very graceful, right? And published by Anapura Interactive, the gaming division of the film studio. Okay. This is about a relationship that ultimately doesn't work out. Oh, Howard told the Hollywood Reporter, but it's not a tragedy in any way, shape, or form. I think there's something 
really nuanced about that that I really appreciated. Due to COVID-19, she recorded, Howard recorded her dialogue from her home, New York home, home in her garage over the course of one day. Well, that's gotta be awkward. As for gameplay, it is a reclusive puzzle game set in a world where every object is both incredibly small and absolutely massive in size for the type of M.C. Esker feel. Oh, head to the center of the world and you'll feel like a giant towering over buildings and walls, but venture further out and you start to feel small as things get larger and larger to the point where cracks in the ground become chasms. I get it. That's kind of interesting. It involves everyday problems in a modern-day love story where small issues can morph into inescapable challenges. That's where Harry and Gabriel come in. Okay, it launches on March 2nd for PS4, PS5, and PC. So we'll have to see how that goes. So, something is coming to Fortnite. Something is coming to Fortnite, and they were already reporting skins are being produced. The Flash. Now, uh, The Flash is coming, apparently, to Fortnite, and there apparently has been reports of leak uh, of leaks coming out, and even having to announce it, but... I just got one important thing to ask. Does this, will this end in mass murder? Because we have to remember Heroes in Crisis as the major, major, major dark cloud over the Wall US character. What? It's the TV series? Oh, never mind then. So yeah, that's happening. So I'm pretty sure people are going to run around and impersonate Heroes in Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths just to, you know, feel awesome or depressed. In, uh, in that particular order. Also, as we continue to deal with the... As Hollywood continues to flock to the studio stock piece price drama of GameStop and Reddit, the company that made Hillary Clinton's documentary for Hulu propagate, they have announced they will produce a documentary about the drama alongside the Wall Street Journal. The documentary is called This Is Not A Financial Advice, and it will be directed by Hannah Olsen, a.k.a. HBO's Baby God. Yeah, that's a real show or movie. According to the deadline, the documentary will look into the stock market chaos that kicked off GameStop in a short squeeze triggered by day traders on Reddit. So that brings to a total of five, you hear me? Five GameStop movies and or TV shows. So, and one book. So, it will examine the origins and inner workings of the digital and social investment communities that turned new investors into millionaires and drove a billion-dollar hedge fund and financial services company into seek capital. Key figures involved in the drama are said to be involved, though none were named outright. One of the biggest red investors, DFF, who recently lost millions of dollars, on paper at least, due to the cratering in a stock price after the boom. GameStop share price has fallen back down to earth in the past week, it can trade at around $60 per share on Monday, but this is still a huge increase from when GameStop was trading a year ago when it was at $5 per share. So, this is not financial advice is already in production. Camera started rolling last week, according to Deadline. This is the least fifth movie or TV show been, been on the GameStop saga that has been announced in the past couple of weeks. Console Wars director also recently announced a movie following on, on from previously announced projects from HBO, MGM, and Netflix. Seriously, I have no idea what exactly happened. I kept hearing about it, and I'm still confused because I'm not a stock guy. So, yeah, I'm probably the worst person to be asking about this. So, yeah, uh, it's... How is it that this got so much attention in terms of getting five movies, one book? Should we be expecting comics? Should we be expecting a video game about it? Actually, let's not give them any ideas. That's probably insane. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is just insane. Speaking of gaming stuff, E3 2021 is being transformed. The ESA, the Entertainment and Software Association, is playing a big three-day virtual event for E3 2021 with stream game demos, panel showcases, keynote events, and more. The pitch for the show has been sent out to numerous publishers. Here's a coin to BGC obtaining a copy containing all the details. The event will take place around June 15th to 17th, confirmed after the show was canceled in 2020, and be streamed live from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
Pacific Standard Time, with replays running outside of those hours for other regions. The ASA also makes mention of some charity events that will take place outside the main exhibition hours. The plan for each day involves multiple two-hour keynote sessions for, focused on specific games or publishers, with a potential Q&A sessions after each. The ESA also makes mention of a June 14 pre-unite, additional streams for small games, and showcases from range for publishers, influencers, and media. E3 2021 will also reportedly give media access to games the week before the event, which the Expo supplemented be previews that that released in conjunction with the keynotes. There's also potential for demos in public access games via consumer platforms like Star Game Fest demos on Steam last year. Longtime E3 collaborate, E3 collaborator Jeff Knightley quit work yet on E3 2020 after creating differences over its direction, with the show eventually being canceled. And VGC reports that he will not be back for 2021. Instead, he will be he will be reportedly continue working on another iteration of the Summer Game Fest in 2021. Publishers will also need to buy the, into this new direction from ESA, which might be the show's biggest hurdle. VGC reports that at least one major company mentioned that ESA is seeking a six-figure sum to be included in the 2021 programming. The ESA has also not ruled out the possibility of physically of, of a physical event this year either, but it's said to be squarely focused on a virtual event considering the ongoing pandemic. You know, that pesky virus that's destroying our lives and making us go batshit insane because we're trapped in our homes. I'll say if we did not have video games invented, we probably would have lost our minds by now. So, yeah. <laughs> the ESA confirmed it's pursuing its digital event in 2021 in a statement to GameSpot, GameSpot stating that more details will be revealed soon. And we will confirm the transforming the E3 experience for 2021. We'll soon share in exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together. We are having, we are having great conversations with publishers, developers, and companies across the board. We look forward to sharing details about their involvement very soon. Uh, yeah, so they have to evolve this whole thing because, you know, virus and all that, and we still don't know when it's going to exactly go away or when it's going to be cured. So we're going to have to deal with what we can do with this and ultimately accept the consequences of all fallouts. So, <clears throat> so, Noctera, a.k.a. the Scott Snyder Tony Daniels series, released that's launching on Im- Image Comics, this has said it's going to be illuminating our own dark times, aka when the world is more more fictional than the actual video games. Then you're wondering how that's even possible. Well, you're just left to say, "I give up." So, Bleeding Cool had had gotten a article with them, and they talk about how the great about the about the whole ordeal and got cop, an advanced copy of it, and. They actually like it. They actually express joy to it. And, yeah, they said it was pretty fun about how the world is dark, the lights have gone out, and from the moment if you stay in the dark, you turn to a shade. So everything has fallen lit, even though civilizations have fallen. As opposed to many of us locked in our homes, relying on civilization to pump itself into us, to stream us, to stream to us, as to deliver to us, such as comic books like Nartera, instead civilization has fallen and is surviving in small camps, Clumps clinging together against the dark outside, and the dark could arise and infect from within. And so, yeah, he said, Rich Johnson also said, I don't think I'd be down for a parallel analogy to the world around us right now, but something that flips the paradigm is, it seems just what I wanted to read, is a fantasy, but one where we have to huddle and stick together in the light seems even more fantastical. Because reality is now the ultimate fiction these days. So there apparently were additional plans for for WandaVision, one focusing on Darcy Lewis PhD and Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. Woo uh they were gonna have some backstories, but they were scrapped. So <clears throat> yeah, it was kinda disappointing to hear that, so it would have been interesting. And he's saying there were a lot of ideas that didn't make it into the show, but I feel Schaefer said, I feel they helped us in the creating the newer version of her because if it had been eight years, we were like, there's time enough for a PhD. She was integral to everything that Dr. Jane Foster had done. So we liked the idea so that she could still have the same sardic, hilarious voice, but really have become more serious and has the reputation inside the MCU as being an expert. I don't think I can reveal scrapped ideas, he said. And I wish I could. I wish I could spend the whole day talking about our D- Daria Lewis ideas and Jimmy Woo ideas. As they were really just great sources of joy for us when we were developing the series. 
Well, you can make expanded comics to give supplementary material because you're working for a company that believes that supplementary material is essential material. So, yeah. Future State Justice League Issue 2 does seem to signal the new a new expanded series is coming under the control of Joshua Williamson, um, which is understandable because how it ended ended with a reveal of who will be the next members of the Justice League. And considering Future State is set to come back with, with Gotham, Future State Gotham, it does stand a reason that Josh Williamson will be working on another Future State Justice League series, but this time will be a more ongoing one as part of the Infinite Frontier era. So I'm pretty sure I could work with that. I, I could definitely work with that. The X-Men villain team, the Dark Riders, have been remade as the Marvel's newest team of superheroes. A new team of mutants will debut in May. A team of monstrous mutants led by Manic, Magic, called the Dark Riders. Magic's Dark Riders will debut in May 5th. Uh, <coughs> the X-Men Curse of the, of the Man-Thing, the third in a three-part limited series by writer Steve Orlando, who I interviewed, so I get to brag about that at least. Focused on the man thing, whereas previous issues spotlighted the Avengers of Spider-Man, this will spotlight the in this new X-Men comprised of Marrow, Forearm, Shark Girl, Wolf Cub, Marrow Max, and the aforementioned Magic. Bad thing is a tragic curse has been only revealed, but it's under new management. Years ago, Dr. Ted Stalis was ready to give up everything, either crack the SO2 serum, um, I think it's the Super Soldier Serum. I'm going to deliver success to his growing family. Unbeknownst to the rest of the world, he did. Today, a city spanning from the U.S. to Kokoa are besieged by fear-driven blazes. The man-thing must reckon with his past deeds to be a host to emerge renewed and rescue a world on fire. But fighting from his lowest means, the man-thing can rise to the highest. Especially with the unexpected hell comes from the X-Men's resident sorceress magic, and her debuting team of monstrous mutants known as the Dark Riders. Magic will lead one of the most electric groups of mutants ever assembled, a fearsome mix of fan favorites and obscure delights. Okay, so this is part of the Reign of X. So, I can say that, boldly. So, yeah, X-Men's Curse of the Man thing it will, be, will be drawn by Empire artist Andrea... Uh, I can't pronounce the last name, so I would give up. It all comes together with X-Men, Curse of Curse of the Man-Thing, and I can't wait for y'all to see it. Andrea works bringing life not just to Man-Thing and his new nemesis, Howard, but Kokoro's iconic magic, and her team of Dark Riders has been nothing short of sensational. Orlando! Shout out to him, man. Regrown from nearly nothing, Man-Thing has returned to celebrate its 50th anniversary with focus and intensity like we've never seen before. Maybe you could stop the world from burning. I mean, you kind of gave up when... I think you should just give up at this point because I've said this to some people on Twitter. If humanity hates the mutants so much that they will willingly work with the Nazis, I think that's a sign that you should just give up and call it a year. you grown from nearly nothing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> uh, let's see. But the real final showdown will be between him and the supernatural Zaylet that hijacks his powers, Howard. Luckily, he'll have the help of the form of magic, intent on repaying a debt the Marvel Universe never knew was owed until now. Monster Mutant Mayhem as Man-Thing reach, 50th reaches its climax. So, get ready for that, everybody. It's going to be an insane wild ride, I think. And I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I'm looking for. I look forward to all of the Reign of X eras. Hickman's writing is great, and I do love a lot of the books that have been made. Also, Tennis from Borderlands has been added to the movie, but that will be portrayed by Jamie Lee Curtis. So, yeah, the Borderlands movie is still being made. I honestly forgot about that, and all honestly, because since the news and everything got so consumed by COVID, the impeachments and everything, and everything Trump does, and the continuing reason that Trump has to have social media for that time. It's honestly amazing. I still remember that, but what can you do? So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to play in Borderlands, the movie. We'll have to see how that goes. They're trying to shape it up to be something big. 
Especially when there's already now a competing market with Sonic the Movie 2 has been announced. Yay! No horrible CGI model. So, U.S. lawmakers in talks to ban scalping due to next-gen console shortages. I mean, why was that never established the last time it happened with the last set of consoles? So, yeah, the Scottish National Party... National Party member uh, Douglas Chapman and other members of Parliament are now calling for scalpers to be criminalized. Chapman then described the practice to Sky News as profiteering and a total scam because the Europe country, this continent of Europe, never did privateers. It was with the age of piracy, right? So yeah, they brought a private member's bill called the Gaming Hardware Automated Purchases and Resale Bill 2019-2021 forward. If it passes, Scalable will be banned similarly to how ticket reselling at higher prices was a few years ago. Chapman has acknowledged that the legalization is likely a long shot, but said it was one of the actions that are available to him and was one of the actions available to him in order to make the government take responsibility for the issue. Okay, you're asking too much. The government will never take responsibility for their own actions or for the citizens' actions. You're asking too much from from governments these days, man. In response to early day motion, Chapman to, to an early day motion, Chapman submitted in December, Minister of State Hate for Digital and Culture, Caroline Denage. Officials are discussing the issue with the Trade Association for, video, for the video game industry. We know that the bulk purchasing through automated bots is a concern for some of their members who, un, who we understand are currently looking for any further actions they could take to prevent these behaviors and are working with retailers to improve experiences for their customers. The Department for Digital Culture, Media, and Sports spokesperson has said it has no further comment at this time. Do it! Do it! Do it, do it, do it, do it. Like, the scalpers charge up the wazoo. Like, there's so much of the content. Like, almost all that gaming stuff they bought. Uh, and people need are already desperate for money. And some spent money to get the Xbox and the PS4, 5. And now they're being told they can't get it or cough up more money for us, the third-party sailors. Sellers. I mean, like, that would be the one time events finally went ahead and said, yeah, okay, you can do your streaming one up, but don't buy from scalpers. That's the one thing I'll agree to. And I'm like, I would actually side with that. Also, the Our World's next DLC, Murder on Eridos, is releasing by the end of March. There's no further details what to expect and any more gameplay details, but with less than two months remaining, we should be expecting to hear more from it soon. The same financial statement also notes that we'll see the Switch version of the DLC sometime, coming sometime this calendar year. So, yeah, get ready, everyone. It's... Oh, man. It's going to be a fun wild ride with, um, with Outer Worlds. It's been fun for a lot of people and makes Fallout obsolete, so we'll have to see that. So, there was an interview by Sonic Hill that was pulled from YouTube after the composer seemingly teases a new entry. So, yeah, this is what was... So, this is what the statement came out said. Statement, we thank you for your support, which contributed to the spread of the interview that we published yesterday with Akira Yakamara around the world. We were asked to remove the clip, and it has been removed. We apologize. Stay tuned for the next set of interviews. He said this. I think it's... He said this that apparently got seemed to indicate that Hassan Hill was coming back, saying, uh, I think it's the one thing you're hoping to hear about. Oh, and saying that... And is working on a new project and saying, I think it's hoping one you want to hear about. So that does seem to indicate that there is a Silent Hill in production. He's just as by Konami and not Kojima, probably. So I pretty much give up hope. Also, in other depressing news, GTA 5 has sold more than 140 million copies. So, yeah, it looks like rock. So, yeah, like at this point, they might as well just make a standalone product called GTA Online and have that be an endless con content stream and then just make standalone single player games games for that, like a separate division. And like they could do that, but I'm pretty sure they won't. Guess sixty dollars is sixty or forty fifty bucks is more expense is more more lucrative lucrative than five dollar online pass online 
online downloads like they did with Red Dead Online. Yeah. A year after saying it released 93 games in 5 years, Take 2 says it will release 93 games in 5 years. After a full year announcing it plan to release 95, 93 games in Games in in the following five years, Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two Interactive, has once again said we'll release that many in the next five years. This number comes from an earnings call in which the company gave the very specific number without acknowledging that a year had gone by since its first gave that number, or outlining how it's releasing over the next year, over the last year, fit into that planned roster of exactly 93 titles. When asked on the interview on the college library how the last year had impacted the number, Take Two president indicated that 93 titles in five years as a benchmark that begun in 2020. Yeah, except that was probably bad timing. Also, EA acquires Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion, one of the biggest gaming acquisitions ever. Now, Glue Mobile is probably the developer you know that are behind. And heavy-hitting franchises such as Diner Dash, Disney Sorcerer's Arena, Dota Universe, Tap Sports Baseball 20, and Kim Kardashian Hollywood, Deer Hunter, and others. So, basically, they're trying to make more macro-transaction deals. Got it. Later this week, we will be exp- we will be hearing about Anthem's next, Anthem's next Future, depending on... EA's upcoming internal review, as it's been left hanging in the balance, and Anthem Next was set to be a redo of sorts for Anthem, um, which quickly lost traction with players. Bioware handed Anthem to Bioware, Austin, and which specifically works on live projects such as Alt Republic. Bioware Austin executive producer Christian Daly became the face of Anthem Next, writing three blog posts about Anthem Next's development throughout 2020, but according to the report, Daly left the Anthem team in December as part of a management shakeup. Uh, Bioware's Casey Hudson and Mark Dara also left. In his development blog, they've detailed some changes to the team considered for the Anthem Next, including the update of the loot drops, weapons, the javelins, and all these other details. But yeah, it seems like this is will be the death note probably for Anthem, and depending on what goes next. Next, so this will be a future internal review. So we'll have to see where that goes. Do or die. We got a first look at at Jared Leto's Joker and Zack Snyder's Justice League, which looks remarkably better than the one that we got in Suicide Squad, and not the on your nose kind. I saw the image and I was thinking, you know, Joker looks like that guy who would. Pr- the Jared Leto's Joker now looks a little bit more traditional, but also looks more like a butcher Joker, like Joker who gets gets has fun in relations with butchering during live cattle. Yeah. So Zack Snyder was told Zack Snyder told Vanity Fair the Joker is really one of those things I thought in retrospect, but I will say that it was always my intention to bring the Joker into that world. Oh, Snyder thought he would eventually bring the villain into conflict with the Batman in a later project, but after falling out with the studio, he realized that probably will never happen. Instead, when given the opportunity to finally finish Justice League, his way for HBO Max, he asked for additional photography to fit Joker into the four-hour epic debating on March 18th. The only real rule about depicting the Joker on screen is that you have to put your own twist on the monster. Variation is not just allowed, but expected. In this case, Snyder chose to cast his Joker as Leto, who played the part in an entirely different film in David Ayer's Suicide Squad in 2016. Gone are the face tattoos and slick back emerald undercut hairstyle of the movie replaced by a vicious that looks like a creature who crawled out of the basement of a long abandoned insane asylum. Maybe he did, maybe not, but yeah, from what I was seeing and <clears throat> and he's wearing a hospital gown and a surgical mask in the photos for Snyder's release exclusivity to Vanity Fair. Which the director says is probably a remnant of his escape into the wild where the world fell. It's so his Justice League sees Jared Joker also sports bulletproof vest fashion and a, with grim, grimy law enforcement badges. He has a ton of badges. Those are his trophies. So there's been a reveal that, yeah, this is in fact not the Joker from Suicide Squad or even the Joker that we're going to, or even the Joker where he's at right now. It is instead Nightmare Joker, a Batflex's version of the world when he visions Dark Side's takeover of the Earth. Oh, man. So, yeah. And they describe Joker as sort of ghost of Christmas yet to come, supplying motivation through terror. 
Uh, Snyder said, the cool thing about the scene is that Joker talking directly to Batman about Bat- to Batman about Batman. It's Joker analyzing Batman about who he is and what he is, and that's the thing I always felt fans deserved from the DC universe. That is to say, the Jared Leto, Joker, and Ben Affleck Batman never really got together. It seemed uncool to me that we would make it all the way through this incarnation of Batman and Joker as seeing them come together. The scene explains why Batman had the Joker card trapped in his gun that you see in Batman v Superman, and... The director says on his 2016 film was also hinted that Joker murdered the Kate Crusader sidekick, showing an absent robber spray painted with the haha jokes on you, Batman. And and, so, and Snyder revealed, I always wanted to explore the death of Robin and there was going to be a next movie, which of course there probably won't be. I wanted to do where the flashbacks we learned how Robin died, how Joker killed him, and burned down Wayne Manor, and the whole thing that happened between he and Bruce. The Joker's plan was to show how they become like this, how he hurt him in a way that no one really has, other than losing his parents is probably the most significant personal injury to his life. Again, you are confirming what should have been said in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. You should have had Batman and yell at Alfred all of a sudden when Alfred's trying to convince him that Superman's not the enemy and Batman would would ref and Bruce would reference saying, uh, uh, "How many how many more children do I have to see die in my in front of me?" Right, Alfred, because that would have given clarification that Batman's all of a sudden killing and gunning stuff down. And it was because Joker killed Robin. Except this was probably much darker because not only did he apparently kill Robin, he found out who Batman was, burned down his burned down Wayne Manor. And if I had to take a guess, he could also likely have killed Selena Kyle, which, you know, you know, Joker would probably be jealous of because, you know, Joker and Batman are the love interests to each other, not Selena Kyle and Bruce. Because that's just stupid from Joker's perspective. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm excited to see what this version of Joker will be. We're gonna have to see, we're gonna have to see. But I... Really, I'm hoping this is quality stuff, uh, but we'll have to see when Justice League comes out, but that ultimately will depend. You hear me? It will depend on how good it is, and if Scott and Zack Snyder is able to get what he wants out of all this, then I say that could also benefit everyone else too in this. So really, anyone can win this. Zack Snyder gets his vision, but if it doesn't do so well, then he say, well, I got my vision done, I got to fulfill that. I got to tell the story I wanted to tell and not be manipulated with the tragic passing of my daughter and have my work be butchered because they were asked to exploit my my tragic issues because Warner Brothers is the devil, essentially. But yeah, so that's about it on that front. I, I'm hoping... And he Plus, I said this. like they're, They basically are putting in a sequel-baiting stuff I said this to someone who said they weren't excited for a Snyder Cut joke for Justice League, or especially why is Joker in this, and I said, well, for two reasons. I get why you're saying, because you essentially are sequel bang something that could probably never happen, and about the same time, it's like, well, it's probably Snack Snyder's way to give them what, to give the fans a Joker without the studio interference, and give, and give Jared Leto a chance of redemption here. So, we'll have to see where that goes. So Image's latest success story clears the path for even more Scott Snyder titles to be published here in 2021. And apparently Noctera has suppressed the, those numbers that of Donnie Cates and Jeff Saw's numbers from the close-off night of the final cutoff order for for uh, their comics. Crossover topped 150,000 orders from FOC, making the highest order series for Image Comics since Danger Girl in 98. And Noctera has beaten that. So... Snyder's reputation for flashy launches, for making waves with riches, is then his most, most recent Undiscovered Country Silver record launch alongside Charles Soleil, which is wrapping up its second story arc with a mind blowing cliffhanger that demands Reese to return for 13 Sega style, Saga style. Noctera um, also did so well in the box office, due basically doing well in the quote box office. Image by direct marketers retails o- only for one-on-one Zoom with Nocturus team to chat about the upcoming launch. Uh, and seems whatever they told the retailers during their video call really stood the deal for retailers. The orders have spiked where they are seen previously in the initial order window. Oh. Oh. But, yeah. Uh, it doesn't say what the exact numbers were, but it has surpassed the 150,000 orders that Crossover got. So, it seems like it surpassed that. I'm going to say 200,000. 
Dodger Strange will be assembling a new Defenders in May. We'll call together the new team of Defenders this summer in a new title that may feature some classic Defenders characters. Earth's currently unknown. Uh, let me see what the team is. But the cover by artist Javier Rodriguez, which Marvel points to showing the first clues in the lineup up admission of the new Defenders, has particularly interesting imagery. Most notably, the presence of the Mass Raider, a modern version of an obscure Golden Age Marvel character who was updated in Marvel 2019's Marvel Comics 1000 as the bearer of a cosmic artifact known as the Eternity Mask. At the time, Marvel pointed to the Mass Raider as a figure who would play a key role down the road in an overarching saga in the Marvel Universe. But his appearance has been scarce in time and since, probably because of the industry-wide shakeups at the start of the ongoing COVID crisis in the spring of 2020. Now it will be apparently a part of the assembling of the new roster of the Defenders, often dubbed Marvel's greatest non-team, thanks to the usually informal lineup, which is mostly centered on Doctor Strange and Marvel's copy states. Eight, the Defenders have historically taken on villains and things are equally as odd and essentially as their membership. As for who will be on the new team, the tarot cards apparently being cast by Sh Strange show a who's who of classic Defenders, most of whom joined the team in the Bronze Age heyday of the late 60s and 70s. These those characters shown on the cards include the founding defenders Hulk and Namor, who were the first heroes to heed Doctor Strange's call, Silver Server, the team's first early recruit, who is usually considered among the non-team members' founders, Earth and later editions Moondragon, Damien Hellstorm, Valkyrie, apparently the old original version, and Harpy and Betty Ross, Hulk's one-time Paramount, Beast of the X-Men, Cloud, an obscure member of the Defenders, who was sentient Cloud of Space Gas, who materializes a pair of male and female human beings, because comic books exist. So, yeah. There's going to be some insanity going on. <laughs> yeah. So, wait. So, yeah. We'll have to see where that goes. There's going to be a new series by Chip Zdarsky, you know, the famous writer for Daredevil currently. He is working on a new Justice League series for digital first. <clears throat> Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman break up the Justice League as a mother trial looms in the DC series. Oh dear, I'm worried what they're saying. This is the description of Justice League Last Ride. Once the Justice League was the most powerful collection of superheroes in the universe, and an unthinkable tragedy within its ranks has caused Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman to go their several ways, leaving the Justice League broken and disbanded under the veil of anger and mistrust. Now, I guess the backdrop of the universe's greatest murder trial, can the League reconcile the past before they're eradicated by the greatest villain in the cosmos? And... Yeah, DC has not disclosed who's the greatest cosmic threat and who's the murderer, or would-be murderer. When I heard this, when I first heard this, I was like, Ah! Are we really following through? Like, are we going to go and follow through with Wally West and what was supposed to happen to him and before he got taken by, uh, uh, Flash Forward? I've lost track of the name, it's been a while. Are we really following through with that on, on this nonsense? Yeah, it's going to be 60 chapters, weekly digital first limited series debating this coming April on all digital platform partners, and an eight-issue print edition of the series will begin the following month. So, Justice League Last Ride is Zdarsky's first standalone series at DC, following short stories in the past several months in several DC anthologies. It will go on sale digitally April 14th with, six, with 15 subsequent chapters to follow weekly. The issue print edition of Justice League Last Ride debates in May 11th. So look forward to that, everybody. So uh, Marvel's Champions team is, cre is creative team. New next Champions creative team are starting their run early. Danny Lore and, and Vizito, I, I can't pronounce the name, Lucino, O's run on Marvel's Champion series is set to begin earlier than originally planned. The duo had been added on March 17th's Champion 5 with the finale of the series' original creative team. Theme. The champions are done running. The, the, the time to stand out of fight is here, reads Marvel's description for Champions 5. But can they win when the entire government is aligned against them? And if they can't, where did the Nautilus' next generation of heroes go from here? I mean, you could go back in time and do something stupid, but that's probably stupid. Now the publisher and other parties involved have explained the reason for this change. However, the page count this issue has not changed. So presumably, they're taking the story, taking over the story, Ewing and Quinn intended to write and draw on their own. Lore's, 
run will begin in force with April's Champion 6 for the store titled The Killer App. The digital app is software introduced to help enforce anti-teen superhero law, known colloquially as Kamala's Law. Introduced in recent outlawed crossover, the teen heroes of the champions, of course, are fighting against that law and the software. The champions tried fighting fair, and now it's time to fight dirty. And since the corporations changed the system to try and keep Kamala's laws in the books, so the champions infiltrate the company to take it down from the inside. But the company's widely possible, possible, popular self-help app is already trending public perception against teen superheroes. Can the champions rage war on a trend? And how dirty will their hands get before it's, it's over? Ah, so you're going to darken them. Got it. Also, do not expect any future Ice Age movies under the control of Disney, as they have announced they are closing Blue Sky Studios, Fox's once dominant animation house behind Ice Age franchise. The reason why they're doing it is because they said they cannot financially sustain in a third feature-length animated production house. Okay, uh, allow me to state for the record... Um, I will be working on my bullshit meter because I'm thinking I don't believe you because you are a multi-billion dollar corporation. You can't afford a third feature company. So, yeah. Uh, and, and they're trying to say that what happened last year and the shutdowns caused all this. Yeah, um, I don't think that hurt. As much as Disney likes to portray it, it hurt. So Tom Holland has denied that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be returning in for the Spider-Man 3. During an interview with Esquire, Holland, who plus played Spider-Man in the Marvel MCU, strongly dismissed the rumors that both Maguire and Garfield were reprising their respective roles in the untitled Far From Home sequel, which officially entered production towards the end of last year. No, no, they will not be appearing in this film unless they have hidden the most of the masterpiece of information from me, which I think is too big of a secret for them to keep from me, but as of yet, it will be no, it will be a continuation of the Spider-Man movies that we've been making. Uh huh. But especially since Parker, since Tom Holland has been known to lie and also, you know, not be trusted with documents, I'm pretty sure Marvel's like, yeah, we're not telling you how the story's gonna go. Crash Bandicoot 4 will be getting an up, will be getting an upgrade to PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch in March. So get ready for that, everybody. The upgrade's coming. Also, because we have to destroy our childhood nostalgia, uh, there will be a live-action Powerpuff Girls series pilot ordered by CW. The series will answer the question of whether or not the former team reunites once more when their crime fighting skills are needed again. And, but, um, yeah, but they will set on the girls who are now disillusioned 20 years, some, something years old, who resent that they lost their childhood to years of fighting crime. There is just so much wrong with that sentence. So, okay, I, I, I get what they're trying to say in context of the story, but there was, as far as I recall, there was never a sign where they thought they wanted more, as far as I know. I'm like, as far as I know. In fact, this comes off as more like they, like, the network's trying to say, oh, you got to hate what they did in the shows that you loved growing up to. You have to hate it because they hate it and everyone should hate it because we're edgy. So, Ubisoft is moving away from the reliance on AAA releases. Ubisoft doesn't want to be reliant on AAA games releasing as it has in the past, and will instead look more closely at free-to-play games in its back catalog to make money. In an earnings call to following company's Q3 financial results, the publisher said that its plans for the physical year 2022, who, who included three AAA games, but that in the future, Ubisoft doesn't want didn't want triple A games to be the focus of its business model. We said for a number of years that our normal template is to come with either three or four triple A games, so we'll stick to that plan for physical 2022. We are we are progressively continuously moving forward with a model that used to be our only focus on triple A releases to a model that where we have a combination of strong releases and strong back catalog dynamics, but also complementing our program for new releases for free to play and other premium experiences. So, yeah, they're basically trying to see if they can change from their business model to go to the free-to-play route uh, on some aspects, but still 
you know, keep the keep triple uh, A projects in flow, but not be like not be the whole eggs in one basket route. So I'm kind of all for this. Like I can understand that. So uh, Lance McDonald, yeah, that, that's a real name. A.K.A. Man Fights Dragon, A.K.A. the guy who's known for data mining games like P.T., Bloodborne, and Dark and Demon Souls series for a cut or hidden content, has released a 60 frames per second mod for Bloodborne. Yeah, he created a 60 frames per second mod back in 2020 of October, but waiting for Sony to clarify if it had any future plans for Bloodborne. The patch allows to alter the 1.09 version of Bloodborne, the latest update, to modify the game's engine to increase the frame rate capture to 60 frames per section and optionally lower the, the and optionally lower the resolution to the 1280p, 720p. Uh, so yeah, uh, I never played Bloodborne, but everyone just kind of calls it Dark Souls Three. Is it another Dark Souls game? Game, but yeah, that does sound kind of cool. They're getting what they want. Also, Riot Games is being sued again, the CEO specifically, for sexual harassment and discrimination. I am not pulling the grenade on that one. HBO Max's Search Party has been renewed for Season 5. The satirical dark comedy thriller series Search Party for a fifth season has been renewed according to a new release press release. The announcement does not indicate whether this upcoming batch of episodes will finish out the series or just the fact that it will be the, this season release comes as a bit of shock. In a good way, since the last finale, which aired on January 28th, could have worked as a satisfying series finale for people. The release also announced that Search Party showrunners and co-creators will enter into a two-year overall deal to develop new programming for the streamer platform. So, yeah, uh, get ready for that, everyone. Lego Movie Studio is working on a Wizard of Oz movie, and, and when I heard this, I was like, why? Hey, about Dorothy's dog, Toto. Toto. Why? Why? They're, instead, they're basically going to retell the classic Wizard of Oz story from the perspective of Toto. And it's from the 2017's children book of the same name from the author Michael... I can't pronounce that. Uh, and I'm thinking... Why? Like, as much as I hate it, a remake or a reboot, I get. But it'd be like... It'd be like if you wanted to remake The Phantom Menace and have it from Jar Jar's perspective. Actually, considering where Jar Jar was supposed to be originally, I actually find that kind of interesting. But that's beside the point. That's that's what could have been. What we got now is completely different from the one that was planned for Jar Jar Binks in, you know, George Lucas's head. So, yeah. Nick Khan. Khan! Says no sale of WWE has been discussed. Bad Buddy, Buddy moves merch numbers for WWE in a fight, fight, fightful size update on Fightful Wrestling. In an interview, Forbes with Forbes president WWE president Khan says WWE has not had a single conversation about NBC Universal possibly buying the promotion. We haven't discussed it once at all. By the way, thrilled with being on network TV at Fox, I think I sort of push on the emphasis during the earnings call on broadcasting television and how important that is, and so love that. So that, so love that, love what we're doing with NBC, but no, that's not, but no dialogue internally or externally or anything like that. And they revealed that Dede, and he revealed Dede will be doing a lot more businesses with Bad Bunny, and I'm just thinking, why? Because mainstream reasons. AEW is also set to release two albums in March with women's and 8-bit eight, and themes. So, Yeah. The women's album track list will include AEW Hills, Tay Conti, Dynamite, Red Velvet, Britt Baker, generally said to be Rebby's theme, Levy Bates, Alyssa Kay, Kim, Keelan King, Alyssa Hertz, Vicky Guerrero, and more. The 8-bit track list will include Cody Rhodes, Ricky Stark, Kip Sabian, Omega, The Dark Order, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Best Friends, The Bastard Park. Joey Janelle, Nero, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Joey Janelle, TH2, Brody Lee, and more. Coming out in March, so get ready for that, everybody. 
Sarah Logan Eric of the Vi of the Viking Raiders or Viking Experience or Viking Warriors or War Machine, and welcome their child, welcome their first, welcome their uh, baby boy into the world. Raymond Castro. After 44 hours of labor, both mama and baby are happy and safe. Safe. So congrats to the newlyweds. Now let's hope that no one goes ahead and starts posting drama on the internet where they threaten to kill the baby under the guy say it was just born. Saffron and Becky, please tell me you have guns ready for you because I'm pretty sure they should. GCD announced, GCW announces the Collective Remix for WrestleMania 37 weekend. Firefly Select reported that the Collective Remix will take place on April 8th to April 10th at the Cuban Club Courtyard in, in Florida. Shows will run at 20% capacity and COVID-19 safety procedures will be strictly enforced. So, get ready for the Collective. Insanity awaits. Also, and more, oh my god, why are you doing this? WWE wants to work with Cardi B. Nick Khan revealed the company is interested in working with American rapper Cardi B because, of course, we have to have something that makes people not, makes wrestling fans not be interested. Like, I get you're trying to get the casual fans who don't watch wrestling, but will watch Cardi B or Bad Bunny. But as a wrestling fan, I'm like, okay, I get celebrities are ingratiating the bloodline of WWE and this DNA, but it's like, oh my god. God, why are you getting these people who don't have wrestling backgrounds or any professional fighting contact sport background um, that could transition smoothly and instead waste everyone's time with celebrity appearances and potentially having them wrestle on TV? Why? So anyways, you want to know about Buddy Murphy? He's been gone for a while. You want to know why he's been gone? It's because Steve Cutler got fired. Yeah, originally they were going to do a storyline with Baron Corbin and his servants, or his knights, Knights of Corbin, essentially, and they were going to do a storyline with Rey Mysterio, Dominic, and Buddy Murphy, because Buddy Murphy's unofficially part of the Mysterio family, and they were like, well, Steve Cutler's out, so I guess we got to scrap it, even though we could just do a two-on-two -on -two match and just have Rey Mysterio cut out of it. But, you know, that, that's asking too much of, of Vince, so we can't have that. Though at the same time is... um. Uh, at the same time, you gotta consider that if they did do that, that means we have to get more of Buddy Murphy and his romantic, quote, relationship yep, with the 19-year-old because we have to reference the speaking out movement as uncomfortably as possible. But, yeah, so that's the reason why Buddy Murphy's been off TV, even though he's one of their best performers. WWE wants to also look forward to emulate the Peacock deal in international markets with a network. Uh, damn it. Also joining the Batman universe will be Miracle Molly. Hey. Debating in May, the DC is looking to introduce another breakout Batman character in the vein of Punchline in 2021. Miracle Molly is the new villain debuting in May's Batman 108 by series regular team writer James Tyron IV, Irvin artist George Jimenez, who together created Punchline, Clown Hunter, Ghostmaker, and The Designer, during the pages of, the dark, of their dark designs and The Joker War. Going undercover to learn, as part of the solicitations, going undercover to learn more of the sudden appearance of a transhumanist universe insanity collective. Batman meets Mir Miracle Molly, the, co the collective's second in command, and a full blown engineering genius who can repair any kind of tech. DC's announcements include a main cover featuring Molly Lee by Jimenez and a portrait style variant by Stanley Archer Lau. Oh, which means I have to get it because it's Archer, so that's clearly awesome. Um, <clears throat> a 125 variant cardstock cover by Rikido Finanzi and six black and white pages from Bat May Force Batman 108 in the in its gallery. So, yeah, I, I have to get the um, art germ variant because it's awesome. But yeah, that so yeah, the more solicit this the 48 page Batman will also include two part backup stories called two of the backup story Legend of Ghostmaker. Her starring Batman's rival friend enemy, he by Tyrion, and and <clears throat> also joining them in the story. I think it's another Robin story. Yeah, I could be wrong. And, um, yeah. Oh, it's just the uh, Legend of the Ghostmaker, Part Two, Chapter Two of this event. So uh, look forward to that, everybody. 
Stargirl's DC return to help reveal the eighth soldier of victory. Jeff Johns is set to return to the DC Universe, returning to Stargirl as the anime historian from Frontier Number Zero anthology is just getting started. Johns are working. John, Jeff Johns is working on a new 48-page special titled Stargirl Spring Break Special Number One, coming out in spring. In the special, she's teaming up with DC Team, but it's not the Justice Society of America. Courtney Whitemore's Spring Break plans aren't like your average high schoolers. Instead of hanging out with friends, she's heading out on an adventure. Hanging out. Hanging out with her friends with her stepbrother Pat Duggan, aka Stripe, and teaming up with his former team, the Seven Soldiers of Victory. The soldiers were forced to reunite again to unearth the secret Eighth Soldier of Victory, but other secrets lay behind. I don't know what does it mean mean for Courtney's future as Star Girl. <laughs> so they're retconning the history by establishing there's an Eighth Soldier of Victory, even though they've been traditionally called the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Oh, Jeff Johns, your love for retconning history after so many decades is never going to stop. Also, is this, uh, let's see, Seven Lantern Corps, so he finally went to count to eight, so I'm pretty sure we can compliment on that. So, extras on the HBO Max's upcoming Generation show use actual cat corpses in the dissection scene. Okay, yeah, that's gross. So, yeah, so, yeah, they, they had extra, extras saw the crack corpses, the legit cap corpses, and the extras quit. Got it. Tales from the Borderland is going back on sale for the first time since 2019, and it will be published under, for the first time since 2019, Telltale Games Tales of the Borderland will be back in stores on February 8th, on February 17th. They have denounced, developer Gearbox announced the news it was Wednesday on their official Twitter account, but they didn't confirm which digital storefronts Tales would be returning to. But the game previously released on Steam, Borderlands 3 also ended up on both Steam and Epic Game Store, however they did not divulge any pricing information. After this infamous showing of games of Telltale Games, Telltale for Tales from the Borderlands was one of the massive games that were removed, and many of the game studios' games were pulled from digital storefronts, or if they were in development, like The Wolf Among Us 2, cancelled. Tales from the Borderlands actually managed to escape the first round of Steam removals, but Valve and Good Get Old Games removed the Tales from the end platforms in May 2019 for unexplained reasons. And so, they're set to come back. I'm excited. I've played the series, so uh, sorry about that. I already, I already beat the game, so... And I've never played Borderlands, but it was a fun ride. HBO Max has announced a new adult anime series, including a Velma Dinkley origin story. Oh, goddammit. So, Velma, as it's being called, yeah, I, I don't get why that's even a thing. There will also be a new Clone High, Order Two Seasons of Clone High, a rematching of Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Brian, Bill Lawrence's 2002 series set in high school for clones, owners of historical figures, and Lori Miller will be reteaming with Lawrence to serve as executive producers of the MTV revival with Erica uh, signed as showrunner. The streaming company further filled out, out its adult animation slate with the with uh, Fried on Mars, an existential workplace comedy set on a Martian campus of modern tech company, SNLP Davidson, and will be lending its voice to one of the characters. HBO Max also renewed the adult animated comedy Close Enough for two more seasons. And so, yeah, uh, this is the streaming wars, everybody. We gotta get co we gotta get as much content as possible. Tony Storms revealed that her move to NXT US, United States roster was move was supposed to happen much sooner, but you know, there was a pandemic, so yeah. And does anyone remember Bobby Roode, aka Robert Roode? Yeah, I forgot he even existed, and he's what champion in the tag team division. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jiu-Jitsu was really scheduled to be in the Men's Rumble, but when he was the Men's clear on January 31st, and an alternate had to be found, Angel Garza was set to also be briefly in the match for a comedy spot, but then he went with Otis. On the women's side, Reckoning had to be pulled from the Rumble, as she tested positive, and her boyfriend, Keith Lee, failed to appear in the Men's match, most likely because he was in contact with her. Her And then they pulled from the Rumble has recently come to light from a report of Fightful Select, Robbie Roode, aka Robert Roode, now was scheduled to appear, but Glorious One was able was unable to compete for unknown reasons. Yeah, 
So, no idea what happened there. So, we're going to end this day with one last big piece of news. Reporting this from Fightful. Fightful Select to be exact. WWE's Bad Bunny merchandise has brought in over $500,000. Why? 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 Why do the good die young? Those bastards! Now we're gonna have more Bad Bunny on TV! Uh, and I don't even know who that guy is other than the Booger T album, but I ultimately did not care for it. Uh, now we have to deal with him more. <laughs> He's also rumored to be fighting, to be teaming up with Damian Priest with to take on Miz and Morrison. So I'm just going to say this for the top of my pessimistic viewpoint of the world. Uh, Damian Priest has been demoted from promising superstar that could break the glass ceiling in with being an NXT guy, like Elias almost did. But now it's been reduced to a, oh, he's just a filler character for someone else's storyline. It's not even really not a professional wrestler. He's just teaming up for a celebrity rapper. God damn it. So... Yeah, so, sorry if I'm pessimistic about that. I want to hope for the best for Damian Priest, but, like, if this is Vince, he's giving me no benefit of the doubt. So, yeah. That was about it for my uh, selected news for Wednesday. You'll be seeing this episode posted on Thursday. Hey, but uh, this was Neo Reality Collective. Feel free to like, feel free, feel free to donate to the brand and everything. Stay tuned for more. I'm looking forward to it, and I'll see y'all next time. Take care. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.